0: Hey there listeners, I have a wonderful guest that I actually had on this interview for this episode. Her name is Sheree Hanna, and Sheree is a holistic nutritionist and a wellness coach specializing in women's hormone and gut health. Really, her mission is to help women heal on a mind, body and soul level. That's through understanding and connecting deeper with their bodies and innate intuition. Now, Sheree and I talked about various topics and some fascinating ones as well, and uh, whether you're a male or female it's great to listen to it because there's some real insights on what she's sharing about us and our bodies and so forth. So the thing is, Sheree talked about some struggles she had in her early life, but also she talked about a big purpose, doing something bigger than herself. One other thing we talked about was about her journey to slow down, to be able to go faster, but also... How do we wake up more conscious leaders? And that was really cool to hear that as well. But you know what, going from constantly being on to actually setting boundaries for yourself is vital. But the title of this episode is Investing in Yourself. How to recognize that your energy is your most valuable currency. And it's a really interesting topic And so Sheree and I had some fun with this episode. And so team, what I'd like you to do is sit back and enjoy the interview. Welcome to
1: Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos.
0: Hey there, listeners. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. Great to have you here with us. I have a wonderful guest with me today. Her name is Cherie Hanna. Cherie, a massive welcome to you.
1: Hi, Dennis. Thanks so much for having me here.
0: Awesome. Hey, whereabouts in the world are you today?
1: I'm in Auckland in New Zealand.
0: Oh, so we're in the same city. That's really cool. (laughs) And so listeners, we are in the same city, but we're not sitting in the same venue. So we're using the, the technology here to have this interview. Sheree, I've already given the listeners a little bit of a background about you and your bio and so forth. What we'd love you to do is tell us more about your background.
1: Ooh, I always start with my journey into what really brought me into, I guess, leadership and into the wellness space, which is, as you know, what I do. And it quite often shocks people because my journey started when I was about 22 months old. So I was actually diagnosed with an autoimmune condition when I was really, really little called celiac disease, meaning that I have a severe intolerance to gluten, you know, long, long story short, it could kill me if I, if I have it too long, too many times. And that's really where I started to obviously develop into the health space because my whole life I'd gone through learning and understanding how to read labels, how to avoid things. Like I was the kid at fifth birthday parties, taking their own plate of food, making mm. sure I didn't ease off anyone else's and... I really developed a a very, very strict mindset, but I also had to be very disciplined. I also had to be very focused. I had to be very aware of everything that was going on in my life and and around me because, you know, we're constantly eating. You think about how many times a day you're eating and as a kid, you just want to eat everything you see or try all the different things. So as I grew up, I didn't realize how much this actually had impacted my life and So with this restriction, with this mentality around, okay, I can't have this, I can't have that with food, it really ended up turning into, instead of it being a really healthy, productive thing, it actually turned into quite a negative thing. And long story short, I developed an eating disorder. I became very obsessed over food and calorie counting. And even though I was personal training at the time and studying nutrition, that it started to get a lot worse. and. All I was focused on was how I looked, how my body was taking shape, what foods I could restrict. And I was really leading my clients down a very similar path. And it wasn't until I got to the point where I got ridiculously skinny. If you know anything about body fat percentages, as a female, I got down to like a 9% body fat. Wow. And I looked in the mirror and I still was so unhappy with who I was. And I realized that it wasn't no matter how skinny I got or how lean I got, the person inside wasn't who I wanted to be. And so from that moment, I shifted things. I started to heal my relationship with food. I started to work on myself from the inside out, started nourishing my body a lot more. And I also, in the meantime, had done some severe damage to my body physically, my mindset, mental health. And so when I was approaching clients, I started to be very mindful of how I was serving and supporting them and how I could be walking my talk so that I was actually leading them in a really positive way.
0: It's interesting how what we do, our actions and also our words actually impact others. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting how we can do that. So listeners, I would say to you as leaders, one thing you definitely need to think about is how are you showing up as a leader today and how do you want to be known as a leader? Because- what you do on a daily basis really does impact a lot of people. And so Cherie's just sharing area that she was actually impacting not only herself, but also her clients and probably others around you, Cherie, that you probably don't know about yet. Because I used to go to the gym, the gym actually that you used to be one of the trainers at actually and, and I would actually watch you and your partner doing things mm-hmm. with different clients and how you would handle them and and you know, I, I love I'm like travelling the world and I love watching people at airports, but I also love watching people in the gym and other areas to see how they react and how they work with others right and and I think that you yeah it's really interesting to hear that from that perspective because even though you're sitting back and watching observing things you don't actually know what's going on between people's ears in other words the mindset and you don't know what's going on in their lives and it's really amazing and so you're a holistic nutritionist and a wellness coach and you're specializing really in women's hormone and gut health tell us more about that
1: oh it's a big topic (laughs) Let's put it that way, especially when it does come to women. And I don't, you know, there's no hierarchy here. But when it comes to women, look, we have to honor the fact that with their hormones, particularly you go through so many different phases, right? Men kind of hit puberty and then they might go through what well, they do go through andropause, which is not really talked about, to be completely honest. Whereas as a woman will hit puberty, chances are she will fall pregnant. Then she has to go through postpartum. Then she has to go through her body postpartum and dealing with all of that. Then she leads into menopause, has menopause, and then postmenopausal. So through every part of that journey, and it's, they're saying if she has one pregnancy, if you've got multiple pregnancies, your hormones are going all over the place during that time as well. And we quite often forget that our hormones, being chemical messengers, are really contributing to how our body's functioning, how we're showing up in the day, how we're feeling. And in a world that's really built, you know, for women to be going back to work now and be back into actually being present in the workplace pretty much straight away after they've had kids, or there isn't a huge amount of time, their bodies aren't actually, t- we're not adapted for that, right? We're actually, unfortunately, biologically not set up to be working in, in that sort of environment. We're actually set up to be living in sync, in tune with our cycle. Cycle syncing is a huge, huge part of what I do.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Just imagine what it's like, what it was like you know, for, for women to have children. Years ago, where they had mm-hmm. 10 kids, right? Let alone one. And what you just talked about, the different phases there, and they had 10. Of course, they didn't have TVs in those days, of course, yes. and but it was all sorts of things. But it was just amazing. The medical, you know, the, the treatment in those days went there. It's just, uh, it's mind-blowing about what actually happens there. And talking about mind, you help people, women, actually heal on mind, body, soul level. Mm-hmm. When you talked about that, and you talked about the different phases, and you said the men go through puberty, what was the other one?
1: Andropause. Um, Tell us more about that. It's not very often talked about. So the simplest way to explain it, which is going to sound hilarious, but when you hit, whether it's late 40s, 50s, 60s, women are actually going through menopause or early menopause as young as 35 now, which is a bit scary. But ultimately, menopause, like women become men in terms of their hormones. And men, they don't necessarily become women, but that's the easiest way to, to, to talk about it. So, women's testosterone increases, estrogen decreases, their progesterone decreases, their ovaries shut down. And so, they're essentially now functioning like how they would prior to puberty. And men, they go through andropause, which essentially, again, lowers their testosterone levels and their estrogen starts to take over. So, you're kind of doing a little bit of a switch.
0: Wow. We're doing yeah. a switch. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So, What you do is you're working with with women around where they are and where they're going and so forth. Mm -hmm. We're going to get into a little bit more, but let's get into the questions here that I've got for you, because I think there's some really cool stuff we can talk about what it's like. And the reason I wanted to get you on the show was to talk about, I've had other men come on and talk about personal training and that for people, but mainly for men. But I wanted to get Mm -hmm. more around from a female's perspective, what it's like for a lot of leaders today and what they're facing. But it's not only just about them, it's also Mm -hmm. about maybe the people that they're leading. And so they're coming from both perspectives, right? One is they need to look after themselves. And two is what's going on for people around them as well. So we'll talk about that more as we start going through these questions. Number one question for you is, how did you get into leadership?
1: It's going to sound really cliche, but I feel like it was something that I was almost doing since I was a kid, right? Like I was always, I probably wasn't a great leader. I look back now and I realize I was the bossy one. I was the one that was in charge. I was just really loud. But I've always looked at myself as a leader. My parents have always said ever since I was little, I was just a natural born leader. Mm. And so I think I followed that. And I really didn't like being told what to do a huge amount once I got into the workplace. I was someone such a stripper for the rules all the way through school and that. And so when I got into the workplace, I was like, oh, I don't really like working these hours. And I don't like working, which as we know in entrepreneurship, you end up working way worse hours than anyone could tell you. But I really got into to leadership through Deciding that I wanted to do something for me, but I also wanted to do something so much bigger than me. I realized that there was such a need for women who had gone through what I'd gone through. There was so much information out there, particularly in the health and wellness space, that has been misconstrued. There's a whole lot of things that have not been shared or people aren't exposed to with common knowledge. And I couldn't just sit on it. So after seeing what my clients were going through, what I'd gone through... I just knew I had to take a little bit more of a stand with
0: it. Hmm. And what I'm hearing there is uh, really a, a big purpose, right? So doing mm. something bigger than me. And if you know, if you can find that out, find that out listeners, I think it's really a really strong thing for you to do, right, and to follow. Because most people today don't know what they, their purpose is in life. A lot of people today think they know what it is, and then they get down the track and they're going like, they're really upset because it's not what they wanted to be doing, or it's not part of a bigger purpose. And it yep. takes a while for people to actually understand what that is. So that, because the, you do know that, that's really, really cool. Uh, it's very exciting. Now, the question I've got for you, and this is a fun question. This Now, this could be a person who's alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? I'm
1: going to have to go with Tony Robbins. He is by far my favorite. He was the guy that introduced me to personal development. And the way I see leadership is right alongside personal development. Like I said, when I was little, I certainly didn't have that sort of inner reflection or time to really pause and and do some of the inner work to become an amazing leader. But as soon as I stumbled across Tony Robbins, I couldn't tell you how that happened, but I did and I'm grateful for it. I consumed every single one of his podcasts right from the get-go and was just in awe of the way he was able to express things, to view things. It brought so much awareness into my life. So to be honest with you, it's the impact he'd had on me that I'm in such awe of and the impact I know he has on millions around the globe.
0: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So once again, it goes back to the words and the actions again about the impact we can have on people. So Cherie, if you were to sit down on a park bench and have a coffee with Tony, what would be one question you want to ask?
1: It's a really, really profound question, you know, when you think a chance to actually sit there with you mean, with someone that you would love to have as a mentor. The yeah, I'm talking, about, keeps... I'm
0: talking about once you get over the starstruck side of things, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah,
1: you're about <laughs> The question that keeps popping into mind, my mind would actually be to ask him what he would be if he could go back and redo everything, and talk to his younger version of himself. Like, what would be the tools and the tips and the experiences that he would share?
0: Yeah, what uh, lessons think,
1: would he embark on, uh, impart on that younger self?
0: That'd be really good, eh? What, what, what would what would you tell your younger self? I mean, that's that's mm. that's really cool. I think it'd be a really great. question, you've got to set a goal to go and meet the guy and sit down with him and ask him, and that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Yes. yeah, It's on the
1: bucket list.
0: (laughs) Nice. Now, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title or that statement, what does that mean for you?
1: I think it's really powerful. I think it's great news that leadership is changing. I think Mm. for a long time, we've been very stuck in ways, and the fact that leadership is changing is embracing more of this Fluidity. There's there's more of this freedom, this self empowerment, and really, what I see is that we're waking up a lot more conscious
0: leaders. Tell me more about that.
1: So I'm seeing that the people that are stepping into leadership now. I think of a lot of my mentors, a lot of the coaches that I've had and had the privilege of working with in my journey. Very self aware. They're doing this deeper work. They're prepared to look at themselves. They're prepared to look in the mirror. They're prepared to face the hard challenges and You know, even in a business world, we're seeing this entrepreneurship coaching, everything is taking off massively. And people are wanting to be leaders in their own lives. That's how I see it. But the level of consciousness really tends to impact how great of a leader they are. Mm -hmm. You know, they're aware of the systems that are potentially holding them back. They're aware of looking at their inner child or the trauma that may have been imposed on them when they were younger. And they're willing to do the work to really heal. And that's, you know, when I talk about wellness, it's not just the, the physical healing of your body. It's this healing as well that's huge. And seeing leaders in this space is really, really empowering and encouraging as we move forward.
0: Oh, I love what you're saying there. It's, it's great news that leadership is changing. And the other thing you're saying is that people are being are prepared to look at themselves more in the mirror or with a microscope and actually understand and have that key word I think you're using there is an awareness. An awareness of what's actually going on for them. And it's really cool that they understand what their awareness is. It's not cool to do nothing about it. Yes. And I think that's really, really important for people to do that. So, yeah, awareness is a big, big, big thing as well. Now, when we are talking about before about the woman that you work with, the females and, and so forth, whether your clients and, and mm-hmm. from either from a wellness perspective and so forth, what do you think are some big things around leadership is changing or around life as a leader or as individuals and, and different businesses and things like that today, what are they struggling with? What are they working through? Are you seeing people being stressed out? Are you seeing people who are, you know, there's all sorts of things going on for them at the moment. What are you seeing out there?
1: The biggest thing is burnout. Mm. Huge. And, you know, I've seen so many workplaces now and it's, it's having a trickle-down effect globally that workplace wellness is becoming massive and it's, it's more from a mental health perspective than a physical health perspective. Because burnout affects us in such a deep level. Not only is it going to throw your hormones into a massive cascade, it's going to disrupt your gut, microbiome, so that you're, you can experience food intolerances, bloating, low energy, all of that sort of thing. But mentally, when you're burnt out and you're constantly feeling entrapped like you're not doing enough or you're not meeting deadlines, right? Because we have technology that enables us to do so many amazing things, it's also a shortcoming because we're then expected to work longer, work later, and just be constantly on call. And a lot of the women I work with, we actually have to work with setting boundaries with their bosses or work with, at, or with, you know, even with themselves as other yeah. entrepreneurs, because when you feel like you have to constantly be on, you, your brain doesn't switch off. Your stress hormone goes up. Your cortisol levels are just wired constantly. You know that feeling, and I talk to a lot of, a lot of people about this, but when you're lying in bed and your body's so tired, it's well past you know, that 10 or 11 o'clock at night, but your brain is just so wide, it will not turn off. That's just that cortisol level. And we end up in this constant state of fatigue. So you're waking up feeling exhausted. And I think that's what's really hit home. Even if you take the pandemic into account, right? The last couple of years, people working from home, myself included, I burnt myself out all over again because I was like, oh, well, I've got nowhere to go. I might as well just keep working. And so those Mm -hmm. boundaries are really important.
0: Yeah, I think people found it hard when they're working from home and not knowing the boundaries of, they didn't have that transition to the office or to work Mm -hmm. and back again or dropping the kids off and things like that. It was everything, it was just at home and that was difficult. We're now out of that kind of situation. Are people now starting to really look after themselves or are they still stuck in that that old rut of sitting behind the desk and working?
1: I've seen a massive influx this year of people really putting themselves first and really wanting to take control back of their health. Because to me, I guess you've got money as the currency, but energy is the biggest currency you have to play with.
0: Oh, wow, I like that.
1: And if you're burned out, if you've got no energy, if you're waking up in the morning, you feel exhausted. If you're not as productive as work because you're having to pump back a bunch of coffee or caffeine just to keep you going, you're not showing up as your best self. You're not being your best self. No one wants to live a life like that. It's not fulfilling. You can't be in alignment with your purpose or your passion if it's how you're showing up for your day. And I, I think people are waking up to that. You know, the pandemic was a health scare for a lot of people and it also made them really reevaluate how important their health is to them. And so I'm loving that. I'm loving seeing this change.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. You're right. I mean, it is, I think people did take stock and evaluate their lives because the pandemic gave them a little bit of a shock, right? And then also... Mm-hmm. I think for some people, they realized the company they worked for did or didn't really care about them. Yes. And life is so fragile. I actually want to go and do something now. So I don't know. There's a there's this thing out there called the great resignation, or people can't find mm. people to hire and things yes. like that. Well, where yeah, did all, all the people go? I know some, you know, there was, there was a lot of people that died either from or with, with COVID and things like that. But there was, that doesn't mean there's all the workforce. That where are all the people gone? And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that people are tired, just what you're talking about, reevaluating their lives and saying, you know what? Nah, I don't want to go and do that. They've gone and reskilled themselves throughout the pandemic, side of things, lockdown, they've gone out and done other things, started businesses and do all that kind of stuff. Now they're doing life differently. And they're doing life differently based on what you just shared there. They are putting themselves first. That's great. And I think that is a big thing to see, but they are setting boundaries. And boundaries is a big, big thing you know you and I and, and people today are living in a world that is getting faster and faster, and we see mm-hmm. that whether it be from technology, social, business, data, the whole lot's just getting a lot faster. even I, my heart starts to race more when I start talking about this, which yes. is really quite interesting to, and I don't know if it is for you, but for me that's what starts to happen as I start to sort of guess, my heart goes a little bit faster, I'm like, what's going on here?" Well, once again, it's language and it's words that we're using, but we are living in a fast-paced, ever-changing world. What do you think leaders, female leaders, should be doing today to make sure that they're going to be successful in this fast-paced, ever-changing world?
1: I love that you mentioned that, and it's funny you said your heart rate got higher, and I consciously took a breath to slow mine down, right? And it's it, just to share, it's been such a journey to learn how to slow down, you know? A few months ago, a few years ago, it would have been that heart racing as well. But to come back to your question on what female leaders should be doing, it's something that, again, isn't talked about a huge amount. And I'll, I mentioned it very briefly at the beginning is something called cycle syncing. So I like to say that for women, as much as our hormones can be a hindrance, they can also be our biggest superpower if you learn how to enhance them. And we have a lot of untapped potential here. So there's a beautiful concept called cycle syncing. We have four different phases of our menstrual cycle when women are going through their menstrual years, and each phase brings a different superpower. And as a leader, when you can work in sync with your cycle, not only just eat and train, which are two other ways to do it, and live in sync with your cycle, when you can actually work in sync with your cycle. For example, right now, I'm on a podcast interview. I booked this at time of ovulation. This is when I will actually speak and communicate more clearly. This is when I'm going to be able to be a lot more empowered and feel stronger. You know, we were recording this, you could see my face. I have it, I would have more of a natural glow than I do, you know, a week after. Because your body is trying to become a lot more physically attractive. It's also a great time I share with my clients to ask for a raise if you are if you aren't looking for yourself, because you're able to communicate a lot more clearly. So, if, or if you have to have hard conversations with your team, perfect time to have it because you're going to be. You're not going to be misconstrued as much. You're actually going to be able to find your words a lot more easily. You're going to be able to communicate a lot more effectively. And then there are different phases. For example, your luteal phase, which is what follows ovulation, where you're more inclined to be able to close out a lot of tabs. It's The way, way we look at it is if you liken each phase to a different season, your ovulation is your inner summer, right? You're bright, bubbly, great to communicate. You're super social. You're in a autumn or fall, depending where you are in the world. As your luteal phase, so it's a time we kind of go a little bit more inward, but we tend to tick off a whole lot of things. We're closing out a whole lot of tabs, and then we can move into our menstrual phase, which is really where you get reflective and you kind of shut down, maybe isolate from the world. So I would never book a podcast recording during that time. I would never book an event where I have to speak. It's generally a time that I say people just want to Netflix and chill, (laughs) just get just get comfy. So when we honor all of those phases as a woman in leadership, and I know a lot of women in leadership are also honouring females for their menstrual cycle, giving a day or two off work. If they know that that menstrual cycle is coming up, not because it should be a painful or horrific time of month, I don't stand for that, that we can heal through hell and doing a lot of the wellness work, but actually honouring that this is a time they're not going to be overly productive anyway. They could use the time to rest and recharge their batteries and they're going to come back to the organisation or the company feeling so much better and so much happier rather than having to push through these walls where their body physically is saying, no, I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's really cool to hear that. That's different because, and as, thank you for explaining that because I think it's really important for people to understand. But, you know, there's probably some listeners right now going, yeah, but Cherie, I'm really busy and I've got <laughs> a lot of things to get on with. How, what do you say to them when they say those kind of things?
1: You can take as little or as much of it as you want. Mm. You may not choose to work in sync with your cycle, but you may choose to eat in sync with your cycle. And then, the, you know, again, if I take the eating example, you can have a whole list of foods where, you know, for example, beetroot is great during your luteal phase and all that sort of thing, which is getting super granular and super specific and people, some people thrive on that. Others will go, "Sure, I'm super busy. I'm like, okay, cool. If we're in our summer phase, what sort of foods would you typically eat in the summer? You're going to have probably more salads, more raw foods, more juices, more smoothies. Simple. Ovulation, those are the kind of foods you eat. I don't care what you put in them. And so you can start to do that sort of thing. Or training, for example, really easy. If you're going to go to the gym and you've got an hour of your day set aside most days to exercise, what kind of exercises all you have to change? So even something as simple as that, if they're already blocking that time out and just changing the type of exercise, again, ovulation, great to be lifting heavy or going really hard in the cardio luteal phase or menstrual phase you're going to want to tone things down turn the volume down maybe a bit of yoga or during your menstrual you're completely rest and it's really learning about listening to your body that's what I always always share with my clients or anyone about this is ultimately your body knows best even as your coach I'm here to guide you and support you through that but your body knows more innately than anyone and so if you feel like you need a rest take a rest and that might be during ovulation and that's okay but ultimately, if one if they take anything away from it, it's just to really start to listen to their bodies.
0: yeah, that's great. I've, I'm really I'm really glad you said that about listening to the body because it is telling us a lot. And mm-hmm. you know even if you've got a little bit of a sore shoulder and things like that, mm-hmm. that's stress showing through, right? Yeah, And so it's really important, that kind of stuff. Is there any other sort of signals that our body gives us that we, people should be thinking about?
1: Oh. Like I said, though wide and tired at night yes. is a huge one. There, the brain fog brain fog is something i hear so commonly with entrepreneurs or with leaders they're just kind of working through the day and again that's that reliance on caffeine is massive if you're finding that you're really bloated as well often a sign that we're not focused on how we're eating and often we're not focused on what we're eating because we're busy right we're trying to get things done and so if you're feeling really bloated or really heavy heavy is a big sign of inflammation and so again our cortisol, our stress hormone, will be picked, like spiked up when we're in high levels of stress, when we're constantly in what's called our sympathetic nervous system. We live in a dominant state of that, right? When you said the world's just getting busier and busier and more fast-paced, that's sympathetic nervous system dominance. And when we're in that state, we're driving up, primarily relying on glucose as a fuel source, so sugars, we're constantly looking for that, or caffeine, and that, that drives more inflammation up in the body. So it's kind of like this big continual spike. So then you do go to the gym for your hour of me time, like quote unquote, and you are prone to injury because you've got more of this cortisol floating around in your body and you're in, you're in an inflamed state from the foods that you're eating and mix over, over sugar or caffeine consumption. So that's the things I would really be looking out for.
0: i, I got to tell you that the last couple of weeks I've, I've stopped drinking coffee and, yeah. and I've just been having green teas and other mm-hmm. teas and things like that. I feel so much more alert. Now, my, my family is going to kill me because we, we come mm-hmm. from a coffee family, right? But the thing here is that it's just really been interesting. But of course, I, I noticed that when I stop having dairy, when I cut mm-hmm. out all dairy, although at times I might have some cheese, but I think it's very, very limited. But if I'm cutting out milk, cream, things like that, I feel so much better and so much more alert than when I am having it. So maybe yeah. there's a lactose thing there. But it's really interesting. I'm listening to my body, right? And that's what i got to do.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I mean, dairy and gluten are two of the biggest inflammatory markers and inflammatory agents in the world. But what you said with the coffee thing as well, I always just say to people, trial it. Be a scientist in your own body. If you have that gut feeling like you did that dairy wasn't okay, take it out for four weeks. Do you feel better? If you do, keep continuing to take it out for another, maybe another four, and then see if you reintroduce it. Do all those symptoms come back? Similarly with caffeine, peep, that's the biggest thing people may start working with me. But again, I, I give you the choice. Do you want to try it on? Be the scientist in your own body. Take the caffeine out for four weeks and look at, look at how you've already noticed such a significant improvement. When oh, we're yeah. relying on something like caffeine, we end up on this like energy roller coaster, right? we are going up and down, up and down, up and down. When we take it out, our body has an ability to regulate and stabilize our energy itself. Our bodies are incredibly intelligent.
0: Yeah, oh, that's good. That's wonderful stuff that you're sharing. Now, something you said before is about about training and going and doing some mm-hmm. training. People say to me, oh, you know, I'm really busy. They use all the excuses, right? They don't go out yep. training. They don't even go out for a walk, things like that. What What would you say to people who are struggling with that kind of thing at the moment? They've got so much work on, stressed out and things like that. And you called it me time. I call it me yeah. time as well with people. What, what, what should they do around some me time for themselves? What should they do to go out there if they're really, really busy and stressed out?
1: It's funny, when we call it me time, I, quite often with the woman I work with, I say exercise isn't actually me time. That's, a, that's another thing you kind of have to factor in because exercise is still a stress on the body. So that's one thing to bear in mind. But I think we're sitting, and I don't know if you've heard this before, Dennis, but we're like sitting is the new smoking, right? We're sedentary. You're lying down when you're asleep. You get up, you have breakfast, sitting down, hopefully. You know, you're in your car or on some transport, sitting. You're at work, sitting. Like we're constantly, you think about your whole day, unless you pop some sort of movement in there, you are sedentary. The body's not made for that. You know, go back a few hundred years, we were constantly active. We were either the gatherers going out and getting the berries and the fruit and that sort of thing, or we were hunters. And it's really, really important to come back to our innate nature that our body is designed to do. So even if you're not getting time to block out an hour, like I was talking about before, get up and consciously go and go for a walk, you know, for just 10 minutes, whether it's around the office, whether it's around your home. I'm sure you can find little five to 10 minute bursts. Add them up. That's 30 minutes a day. Get a standing desk if that's easier. You know, do these little things where you're moving more. It's actually been proven that that's more effective for the body than just this hour If that's all you can fit in, then there's one hour of time. So the endorphin release you get from exercise is amazing from a mental health benefit. Again, people should be moving regularly for that hour chunk of time. But if all you've got are those little five-minute blips, don't discount them, just add more in.
0: Nice. So you don't actually have to go to the gym, right? So you could go out and do the 10-minute walks here and there, but a lot of it actually mounts up to a lot. This is what I love about my—I don't want to call it smartwatch, whatever the watch—that it. reminds me to stand up, get moving, Mm -hmm. because you know I go from meeting to meeting, and this is what I say a lot of in my introductions and that about the podcast. People go from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many of them are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant, and being left behind. Now, for a lot of them, they stress out about that because they're going to—they're going to—they're going to miss out, or they're going to not be relevant. But that's also the same thing about fitness. And this is what I'm saying to people. The fitness is also part of that package. It's not just about you doing the emails and the meetings. It has to be a whole package because how you show up as a leader is determined by the questions you ask, the attitude you have, and the fitness that you have as well. And that was pretty good, eh? three things. It was very good. (laughs) So um, I think it's really important that people are thinking about this and, and listeners, what Cherie is sharing is, is gold. It is really important and make sure you are doing that as well. And consciously, I think is the big thing there though to Cherie, that you said is about them actually consciously doing it rather than just not being aware of what they're actually doing on a daily basis mm-hmm. or even eating, right? I'll notice at times when I'm under a lot of pressure or I'm just, just emotionally I'll be eating and, and then I'm like, well, what's going on here? But gosh, it tastes <laughs>
1: That's, that. That's what your body's looking for, though. It's been stressed. And so it's looking for something to give you that, right? A lot of people turn to alcohol or they turn to shopping or, you know, we all have a vice, right? And so if we turn to food, it's looking for something that you're not giving, an emotional need that you're not meeting with yourself. And sometimes it's purely the fact that you're slowing down, sitting down and eating, that your body's like, oh, we're getting a little bit of a break. And you won't give yourself that break unless you're having food.
0: Nice. I like what you're saying is all well about the slowing down. I think that's yeah. really important. So actually what we need to do here, listeners, is slow down to go faster. So in other words, yes. if you're wanting to do more and, and, and go faster, things like that, you need to slow down a bit. It's a bit like racehorses as well, right? When they're racing, they're training and racing weeks on end, then they'll be out in the paddocks several weeks, maybe a couple of months to recover and come back and recharge. And they can come back in again and do things. Cherie? Here's a question for you, and that is, if I get you get your crystal ball out now and start thinking about the future, <laughs> where do you see leadership being in five years?
1: I think it comes back to what I mentioned earlier with that conscious leadership. I see leadership being, you know, we look at people, I'm not sure if you're familiar with someone like Jay Shetty. He's one of the other people I really admire and look up to. I think some, people like him will be in more leadership and be in more power, but from a place of like love. And compassion, and bringing the world into more of a collective unity—that's really where I see leadership going—is moving away from the separation that we've been conditioned into, the struggle for power, and really looking at how we can uplevel the entire the entire world and yeah. really get everyone to work together.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. There you go. let collective unity. Being conscious leadership is more going to be about love and compassion. I actually think there's a lot of it to do with communities and collaborating together and yes. coming together as well. I think it's really good. Sheree, it's been wonderful talking to you today. If our listeners are wanting to get a hold of you, where should they go?
1: Best place where I hang out the most is on my Instagram, which is Hannah Wellness.
0: Excellent. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure.
1: Thank you so much, Dennis.
0: There you go. Listeners, what would you tell your younger self? And we need to be on a journey of slowing down to help us move forward, which is really important. But the other comment that I really like what Cherie said was, be a scientist in your own body. There you go, listeners. Thanks for joining. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas.
1: Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.